Welcome to The Outcast, the podcast giving a voice to anyone who has ever felt like an outsider or an outcast. This show highlighting topics of social injustice and promoting healing conversation, and that's what we're looking to do today. And I would like to introduce you to my guest today. My guest is Stacy J. Miller, who is the author of a gripping book. It is called Getting Past Childhood Bullying, and she has uh, been so, so wonderful to join us on the podcast and talk about the book which is a really, really good read. And I would like to uh, just send a big welcome and thanks to her. Stacy. welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Dee. This is a, a gripping book. I can't think of a better word right now, but I'm telling you, it is, it is quite, quite the book to read. I mean, so many uh, vulnerable moments for you sharing your stories about being bullied as a child and also not just sharing the stories, but also how you work through this process, um, you know, not to a place where you've said, uh, you know, it's, it's a done deal. You can just get past and forget about it. But as a place where you said, this is what I went through and this is how we can bring this conversation to the forefront and deal with it and deal with many things that so many of us went through. And this was really the key for me. Dee, I never would have dreamt of uh, kind of holding a pity party for uh, an 11-year-old who was bullied. We would be holding a million pity parties a a month if everybody were to do that. My point was I healed, and I had... Four steps that I took to actually work through the pain and come to the other side, and that was what I hope to share in the book. The Outcast Podcast is supported by RichmondToDCHelpWanted.com. Most folks who work here love living here, and that makes a difference. At RichmondToDCHelpWanted.com, they're proud to work the hometown advantage around the clock, connecting local employers to local job seekers. RichmondToDCHelpWanted.com makes it easy to post a job, and it's local, so you won't get spammed by faraway job seekers. And if you're looking for a good local job, search jobs and apply online right now. Get the advantage of finding a job close to home at RichmondToDCHelpWanted.com. Local jobs that work. And you certainly did that. And, you know, you mentioned uh, just a second ago about how you you weren't really interested in having this big pity party. You know, what's funny, Stacey, is that I sense that from you in the book. I sense that you you were saying, listen, I'm I'm not trying to fly a big banner here. I'm not trying to say, oh, woe is me. I'm not trying to stand up on the victim podium. But I do feel the importance of sharing this story. I think you also saw the urgency and felt the need that so many of us uh, that have dealt with uh, childhood bullying uh, and still deal with it maybe as adults, you know, uh, not mm-hmm. not getting through it. I think you felt that urgency. I do. What happened is, uh, you know, I'm no longer a, a vulnerable teenager. When I was, it was all-consuming, and what was happening to me was unprecedented and impossible. Nobody ever went through it. Well, since then, it's escalated People make what I went through look as though I had spent a couple of years at Disney World. (laughs) And frankly, it just shatters me that I don't even know what cyberbullying would feel like. Mm -hmm. I don't know what being haunted 24 hours a day by somebody who has that kind of access to you and who would actually use weapons 
would feel like. I don't know what the lives would be for the people experiencing it now. So, in short, I don't know anything. I experienced nothing. The reason I felt such a sense of urgency is because this is happening in a much bigger and badder way, and it's frightening that people are going to survive, grow, and and have no clue of how to deal with the trauma. And that trauma has serious implications. Stacey J. Miller is the author of the book that we're talking about. It's called Getting Past Childhood Bullying, and I recommend giving it a read if you're a parent, if you are an adult who has been through uh, childhood trauma that you would uh, like to find out how to work through. And uh, as Stacy mentioned at the beginning, she has a four-part program that she used and that I think is a, a very good starting point for people to to use as well. Before we get into that, Stacy, would you just uh, go through some of the, I know it's a, it's a long story with a lot of details that uh, you mm-hmm. detail very well in the book, but would you would you go through a little bit of the, the story of that 11-year-old when you were 11 and how this started and, and what happened to you? Absolutely. I was starting a new school. It was middle school. And I was excited. Yeah. <laughs> I was also a very sheltered kid. I had experienced nothing except happiness <laughs> in my school and home life. That was at odds with the people I now found myself surrounded by. They sensed something different. It could have been anything. It could have been the whole gamut of things we hear about. Maybe somebody is too tall, too short, too dark. They talk funny. In my case, I think I was happy. Yeah. It was a tough, rough neighborhood. And um, I think that I I got on the radar screen of the queen bees Mm. and then... uh, Things escalated. I didn't handle it well. I was kind of smiling and saying, you don't mean that, do you? Right. (laughs) I think I was kind of, you know, surely templing my way through this. They're lucky I didn't tap dance. Right. (laughs) I had no clue. And that was the problem. And we were preteens. I think eventually there might have been some hormonal changes, some uh, boy-girl crushes that were kind of rubbing up against each other. I know I sure had one that got me in trouble with the cutest guy in the eighth grade. So all of that. And, And I want to emphasize again that my story is not the stuff that Steven Spielberg would be interested in turning into a movie. Hmm. It was banal, even. (laughs) Lifetime wouldn't even want to do this. It was people were very unkind to this young woman, and they, they kind of derailed her for a little bit and left the residual effects for her to plow through for decades. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think some of the details of the story, which I hope that uh, that the listeners will uh, will definitely dive into in, in the book. I Some of the details, Stacey, are just shocking and just I, I mean, you know, and I and I know that that that, you know, again, you're you're not trying to say I, I want to highlight this story and that's, 
you know, all that it's about. But when you get into some of the details of what happened to you, you just, I mean, it's just, it, it broke my heart. It did. It broke my heart. And, and I know how hard it is to carry those things, um, with you for a long time and not, Mm -hmm. not know how to turn around and face them. I think as adults, we have a hard time because we tend to want to run away from that. Absolutely. And, and I think maybe minimizing it is a way to deflect. And that, that's a fair point. You know, I was telling one of my best friends the story. He said, I'm not convinced that bullying matters. Mm. Show me, prove it. And I said to him, people brutally did thus and such. And in this case, the specific is that they were repeatedly pushing me down steep flights of stairs. It was scary. It could have been fatal. And I was communicating that to him. And he said, well, but let me try reframing that. They shoved you. So what? (laughs) That was interesting. I did live through it. I, you know, my spinal cord wasn't severed. And so what is a fair point? On the other hand, the fact that the adults abandoned me to whatever mm-hmm. was going to happen and didn't intervene, the fact that I was on my own petrified uh, was a big deal <laughs> to me at that time. And I thought was worth talking about as kind of the, you know, the ultimate hurt of what I went through at that time. Yeah, and I think too, Stacy. You know uh, what we tend to do in those situations, and I know I did the same thing, and I've shared some of these stories on the podcast before about my childhood. But you know, there were times when an adult in my life, when I was a child, I I felt like uh, because of the way that I was brought up, that adults were always right, mm-hmm. and that uh, that we weren't allowed to go against what they said and question mm-hmm. that authority. And then when something bad traumatic awful happened from an adult uh, to me I had a really hard time saying no or this isn't right or speaking up because I grew up with that rule in my life and so I think what ends up happening is you take that and I know for me that's what happened you take that with you into adulthood and you you don't trust others around you and you have Mm -hmm. you know a chip on your shoulder for certain things and and you also have fear that you've carried around with you for a long time that hasn't been dealt with. This is such a universal experience. It almost seems to people who have gone through difficulties in the past that they have no right Mm -hmm. to share those experiences. In fact, we do. And that is the first thing that I learned. Tell your story. Take your power back. Don't give it up. You own what happened to you. If somebody says, well, it's not that compelling to me, hearing about it isn't my wish, (laughs) either find somebody else, you've picked the wrong person, or you know what, write it out, journal it out, blog about it. Man, what you did talking about it on your podcast was such a big, brave step. Right. That is the most important thing to do. Break through the barrier that says you have no right to talk about it and, and all the voices that tell you this is a secret. Stacey, We're protecting people. 
Stacy J. Miller is the author of the book that we're talking about and the subject of this episode. We're uh, very excited to have her on the podcast. Getting Past Childhood Bullying is the name of the book. And uh, talking about telling your story and uh, opening that opening that gate, uh, opening that door that maybe you've kept closed for a long time. That's actually the first uh, first part in the uh, four part program that Stacy mentions in the book. And I want to get into that here in just a second. One of the questions that I know you face, Stacy, um, that I know all of us uh, that have gone through a childhood trauma uh, face is why didn't you tell an adult who was present? Why didn't you talk to a teacher who was around? Why did you mm -hmm. feel like you could not do that? And I was mm -hmm. hoping you could share uh, your reasons why. It's interesting. While I was writing the book, we were watching a woman unknown to, I think, all of us, testify in court about the fact that, you know, and talk to the media about the fact that somebody who was about to be a Supreme Court justice had assaulted her when she was 15 years old. And the rebuttal to her claim came this way. Well, that couldn't be true because she didn't say anything to anybody. So we watched the experts play out the question yeah. on cable TV. Yeah, well, we did. You, you don't talk about it because you cannot talk about it and keep your dignity. Dignity is all you have. When you break that silence, you're saying to people, I'm a victim. I would have chewed my arm to get out of a trap sooner than I would have said to anybody, pity me. That's the first problem. Yeah. The second problem for me is they knew, D. Yeah. <laughs> they knew. Um, what I don't talk about in the book, because I couldn't, was the fact that I lived in a small community. It was inbred. Some of the adults who uh, didn't do their jobs were related to my family mm. <laughs> and were extended family members. They knew. Yeah. They were keeping the dirty secret of bullying. Bullying's been around for much longer than you and I have, and it seems to be something that didn't have a beginning and won't have an end. Yes. There's nothing to tell. They knew. They walked away and left me to my own devices. I'm seeing that happening still. I'm watching people in their lives because they don't feel any hope that any adult will do anything. So why didn't you tell somebody? Because you don't. And because if you do, there's nothing left. If you tell somebody and nothing is done to help you, then there really is nothing to live for. There is no tomorrow. There is no hope. And that is when the tough decisions that I would not make are made to stop hoping and stop living. You talk about in your book uh, the fear around not only... Uh, talking to teachers uh, at your school, mm -hmm. but you also talk about uh, fearing your life with the bullies. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I was in fear of my life. Life as I knew it ended the day that, you know, the queen bee at the school decided she wanted me to be not part of her world anymore. 
And she was really honest years and years later about the fact that she really did hope to end me. (laughs) And she accomplished that very, uh, very efficiently so that my life did end. I, I would say that version you know, Stace version 1A yeah. um, kind of went into permanent hibernation and a, a different person took over and said, okay, we've got to be tougher. We've got to do things a little bit differently. Um, and, and, and I regret that in a lot of ways, but I think that the benefits were that I became kinder, more empathetic, I became a better person than I might otherwise have been. So I I do have some good things that I take away from the life-ending experience that I had. No doubt about it. And I, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, Stacey. There are things when I look back of, of moments that I have been through and abuses that I have been through and trauma that I've been through that I actually find the gratitude that I have within mm-hmm. that because mm-hmm. it has made me the person I am today. And, and exactly. I, I, I think that's the important part. Uh, that's an important part of, of the healing process. It is. And if nothing else, to find the positive within the toughness <laughs> is something that you need to do so that if there were no lemonade to make, well, we'd find some apple cider yes. or something. Yes. But it, but it's true that people who were abused in childhood can come through it better and just determine that nobody will ever be victimized on their watch. And that's where I'm at. And, and I like that about what the bullying gave me. And I don't know that I would trade it. Stacey J. Miller is the author of the book called Getting Past Childhood Bullying. And uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, it is a gripping book. It is full of just um, hope and details of her story and her coping skills with all of that and healing and some really great stuff. Not only um, if you have been through things uh, and you're dealing with it as an adult, also if you have children. And I, I just think it's a it's a really great read. I want you to mentioned uh, your four-part program that worked for you and I feel like can be used in so many different circumstances for people that are going through anything similar to this. Thank you. I would give credit to Mark Zuckerberg as the inventor of social networking as we understand it. He created connectivity that wouldn't have existed My healing began with a huge fear. I found that people from the past were finding me. And that was a great opportunity in a lot of ways. I'm a small business owner. I wanted people to find me. I put myself out there and optimized my website so that Google would find me. But you know what? What if they found me? And so... Sitting there and fearing that the bad guys might come and knock on my door was so frightening that I had to do something. The second part of my program after Tell Your Story is create what they'll find. Take control of it. They're going to find something, whether they take the step of contacting you or not. They're going to find you. Somebody is going to look up 
you know, your name, and they're going to see what you decide they'll see. So the second step is recognize how connected we all are because of the Internet, specifically because of Facebook. Decide what they'll see. The third part is see them first. Mm, I like this one, yeah. Look them up. They're big and scary in your mind, but they're just people. (laughs) They're probably about your height, maybe a little taller, maybe a little shorter. But the point is, look at them. Once you realize that they're just mortals, they're not the monsters under your bed anymore. They're not going to have that power over you. And the fourth part that I really recommend getting some counseling from professionals before you tackle is reach out to the bullies, not all of them, reach out to the people you're most haunted by and see if you can't find a way to cut a deal with them, find peace with them. They probably feel horrible about what they did to you. See if you can offer to make them feel better by showing them that you're thriving, you're alive, you're here, and they have the opportunity, if they want, to say they're sorry. They have an opportunity to reach out to you, too. Um, And the way that I always recommend doing that is either friending them on a social network first. That gives them warning that you're going to contact them. Or warm contacting them. What I mean by that is don't cold call. Right. Go through a mutual acquaintance Mm -hmm. if that's possible and just let them know that you're interested in connecting. I did that and I think that the person who I had really felt compelled more than any other individual, any other character in my story to make that connection with, I think he felt more relieved at the end of that conversation that we orchestrated than I did. I was the one he had hurt, and yet he had had more baggage Mm, (laughs) because of his actions than I could even imagine. Yeah, that's very interesting. And yeah. and I would imagine so. And it's I, I like what you say um, in your in your fourth step of this program. Uh, I like what you say in the book. And I just want to read a portion of that. It says, while you cannot change the past, you can shoot an alternate ending by meeting the people from your past once more on your terms when you're ready. And I think that's so important because it goes back to finding your power in the situation. And that has to feel good uh, when you're starting this process. Thank you. And it really does. And I I think the fact that it worked out for me was happenstance. To be honest, I could have run into somebody who was not a very nice adult. Right. Somebody who retained the toxins that were in that child who had attacked me. I didn't. I ran into a nice guy who had a family and kids. He was honest enough to tell me that... One of his kids had been bullied. He had another who was about the age who that I was when he met me. And, and if anyone had ever treated her the way he treated me, he would not know how to live. Um, I ran. I ran into a good guy. Um, it could have gone the other way. Yeah. I made a, even a friend 
I could have exacerbated the problem. I could have um, run into somebody who wanted to continue the thread of hurt and abuse. I had to prepare myself for that, and I, I got lucky. And so my story did have two endings. It had the um, the not-so-pleasant uh, you know, ending of my running away because I couldn't take any more yeah. and getting sent out of the school system into a an absurd situation of attending a, a parochial high school when I was the wrong religion and and all that. But it had the much happier ending of finding out um, that there was healing, that you are able to make peace in some situations. And, and I knew I was strong enough for it, and that's key. I wanted to ask, uh, Stacey, a lot of people, um, you know, are in different uh, categories in a similar story. And I feel like, you know, for instance, um, you know, if there are teachers that are thinking to themselves, okay, as a teacher, if I was in that situation, if I was in Stacy's school, if I was in that moment, what could I have done differently? Mm -hmm. How can I see this situation differently? How can I act differently um, as a teacher, as someone who should be a safe place uh, for children? What is your suggestion in, in that regard? Be there. <laughs> yeah. I had the absolute privilege of attending the best high school on the planet, um, it was run by the Archdiocese of Boston. Again, I was not of the Catholic persuasion, so it was bizarre. The teachers held their ground in the face of bullying. They were very clear about what was and wasn't allowed. They had a zero-tolerance policy before that had been even articulated formally, and you know what? I was safe, and yeah. I knew it because the teachers stood at the front of the room, planted their feet on the floor, and said, you are safe, and nobody hurts anybody in the classroom. All you have to do is be there. Be Sidney Portier, yes. sir, with love. Say, you know what? This is my classroom, young men and young women. Open your books to page 45. I'm a little scared, but my job is more important than my fear. Yeah. Let's get to work. Let's do what we're here to do, and let's roll up our sleeves and get through this. It, it, school is not heaven. School is a, a real place, a real society. Teachers are supposed to be the adults. What went wrong for me, in short, wasn't the kids. It never was. It was the abandonment yeah. by the adults, their refusal to act like teachers and administrators and, and their need to protect themselves. And, and to be that safe place, which they obviously weren't. And so many, uh, so many of us can, can look back on our childhoods and, and have similar moments where we said the adults did abandon us in this situation. And mm. when, you, when you break all the details away, so much of it does come back to that. The other thing I wanted to ask you about before we uh, close off here, Stacey, is, you know, I feel like the word bullying in itself, you know, it has its own category under self-help and under lifestyle and under everything you can uh, search. It has its 
its own category and it's certainly a big word. It's also, I think, a very watered down word. I mean, I feel like so many times, you know, you hear the word bullying and that's a lot of the reason that we uh, brush so much of it off sometimes. It's again, oh, you were just bullied. That's a part of life. You know, that's a part of the process. I almost feel like we, we need to find new words to use instead of bullying because I feel like people have watered down that word so much. It's a really good point. And who gets the right to use it? Does somebody who's hurt in the workplace have a right to it? Or do you have to be an 11-year-old who's powerless? What, in fact, does it mean? And to me, what it all comes down to is abuse. If you were abused, you were bullied. Yes. Yes, that's so true. It's unbelievable uh, how how much um, that you uh, you really just just get right right through it in this book. And I just it is a fantastic book. And I, I would love for everybody to give it a read. It's called Getting Past Childhood Bullying. It's a powerful book. It will touch your heart. I promise. Uh, it's it's heartbreaking and heartwarming and full of hope all at the same time. Uh, Stacy, tell everybody where they can get the book. Amazon, of course. They can go to my website, which is sjmiller23.wixsite.com slash bullying, or even better, go to Amazon and look up Getting Past Childhood Bullying. Really easy way to do it. Getting Past Childhood Bullying. And the fantastic author of that book is Stacy J. Miller. Uh, not only a great writer, but a great speaker. And uh, so I appreciate, Stacy, you taking the time to share your story. Thanks for sharing it with the world. And we appreciate uh, your vulnerability and just your willingness to be honest with, with your own story. And I, and I just know that so many people are being touched and being helped in their process because of it. Thank you so much for giving this topic the airtime. Stacy, thanks. This has been awesome. Thank you, Dee. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed by the host and guests on this podcast are their own and not necessarily those of Centennial Broadcasting.